Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. And I'm Tom. And we're the hosts of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping this Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. Each week, the three of us come together and discuss, rate, and review Christmas movies. This special episode is part of a collaboration with the Christmas podcasting community. We have come together to bring you The House of Seven Santas by John Kendrick Bangs. If you haven't done so yet, please pause this episode and head over to the Christmas Past podcast for episode one, then can't wait for Christmas for episode two. Then come back and hear our installment. Not quite, said Mallerby. I think I got him just in time, and he'll pull through, but he had a mighty close call of it. By George, boys, just think of a wee bit of a tot like that, barely more than six years old, having to be out on a night like this. Why, the poor little cuss ought to be dreaming of Santa Claus in a nice warm bed somewhere, instead of picking pennies out of these arctic streets of ours in order to keep body and soul together. Warmed by the glow of the fire, the youngster stirred as the doctor spoke, and a weary little voice, scarce higher than a whisper, broke the stillness of the room. Extry, biggest blizzard in twenty years. Extry. Piper, sir. The seven sophisticated men of the world gathered about the prostrate figure, stood silent, and the three of them turned away, lest the others should see the unmanly moisture of their eyes. Here, by thunder, gasped Ricketts, pulling a roll of bills from his pocket. Hanged if I won't buy the whole edition. That's all right, Billy, smiled the doctor. What he needs just now is something less cold than money. We'll take him upstairs and give him a warm bath, fill his little stomach up with milk, and put him to bed with a nice fuzzy blanket to thaw out his icy little legs. Splendid, said Ricketts. But see here, doctor, I want to be in on this. Isn't there anything I can do to help? Yes, said the doctor. You might make this proceeding regular by putting him up as your guest on a 10-day card. The little bundle of rags and humanity was tenderly carried to the regions above and under the almost womanly ministrations of Dr. Mallerby was completely restored to cleanliness and warmth. What hunger he might have been conscious of was assuaged by a great bumper of milk. And then, in the most sumptuous apartment the club was able to provide, the thawed-out little gamin was put to bed. The snowy sheets, the soft downy pillows, and the soul-warming blankets were not needed to lure him into the land of dreams. For the bitter experiences of the earlier hours of the night still weighed heavily upon his eyelids, even if his mind and heart were no longer conscious of them. He presented a most appealing picture as he lay there, after settling back with a deep-drawn sigh of content into the kindly embrace of a bed seven or eight sizes too big for him, his little legs scarcely reaching halfway to the middle, and his tousled head of red hair forming a rubicated spot on the milk-white pillowcase as it stuck out of the bed clothes, and lay comfortably back in what was probably the first soft nest it had known since it lay on its mother's breast, if indeed it had ever known that rare felicity. 
There, said the doctor, as the little foundling, with the suspicion of a smile on his pursed-up lips, wandered more deeply into the land of Nod. I guess he's fixed for the night, anyhow, and the rest of us can go about our business. The seven men tiptoed softly out of the room, and adjourned to the spacious chambers below, where for an hour they tried to lose themselves in the chaos of bridge. They were all fairly expert players at that noble social obsession, but nobody would have guessed it that night. No party of beginners ever played quite so atrociously, and yet no partner was found sufficiently outraged to be acrimonious. The fact was that not one of them was able to keep his mind on the cards, the thoughts of every one of them reverting constantly to the wan little figure in that upper room. Finally, Dobbly, after having reneged twice and trumped his partner's trick more than once, threw down his cards and drew away from the table impatiently. "'It's no use, fellows,' he said. "'I can't keep my eye on the ball. I'm going to bed.' "'Same here,' said Ricketts. "'Every blessed face card in this pack, queen, king, or jack, is a red-headed little newsboy to me, and every spade is a heart. It's me for slumberland.'" Thanks for stopping by and listening to this installment of The House of Seven Santas. Keep the story going by listening to part four on the Christmas Creep podcast. Also, be sure to come back and listen to this week's episode of our podcast where we cover the Rankin-Bass classic Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer with our special guest, Brian, from the Christmas Past podcast.